There's been a lot of talk recently about whether we've reached peak festival. After all, in a city like Melbourne, there's an arts festival pretty much every other week. Audiences are spoiled for choice, meaning that festivals have to do even more with limited budgets to stand out. Thankfully though, Next Wave isn't your standard arts festival. Dedicated to supporting new and experimental artists and work, unlike most festivals, Next Wave only happens every two years, meaning there's more time to work with the artists to nurture and develop the work that's been curated for the festival. For the next three weeks, we get to see the fruit of that labour. In her introduction to this year's Next Wave, Artistic Director Georgie Ma talks of the festival as a time sack stuffed with disparate things banging around against each other. What effect does this nearness have on the works, she asks, and on our thinking of these works? I caught three shows this week as part of Next Wave's program at Northcote Town Hall. Micro Landscapes, Ground Control and The Voices of Joan of Arc. While all are very different in theme and style, seen in succession in the context of the festival, they drew some interesting parallels. In the cavernous expanse of the Northcote Main Hall, two women clad only in white lay motionless on the floor. The hall is devoid of any stage or seating save for a square of white taquette in the centre of the room. Instead, the audience is encouraged to explore around the space, which is filled with ethereal white sculptures and suspended screens. This is Microlandscapes, a multimedia dance work by Western Australian artist Emma Fishwick. Microlandscapes builds itself as a multi-dimensional work that creates a dynamic and shifting terrain, exploring the notions of distance and perception. It's a neat idea in theory, and for the first few minutes of the performance, it works beautifully. The audience shuffles around the hall, admiring the sound and video design by Kynan Tan, and it does what it says on the box. Stunning vistas of mountains and other landscapes on the screens disintegrate into thousands of digital shards that change depending on your perspective. In time, they come full circle and reform as full images again. The lighting emphasises this atemporal feeling, and it's done to a stunning effect. But by the time the dance section of the performance begins in earnest, with dancers Ella Rose True and Naharika Senapati taking to the centre, most of the audience has stopped exploring and is sitting on the floor. What follows is a well-choreographed and very engaging contemporary dance work that barely interacts with the space that it takes place in. The dancers roam around the centre of the hall, exploring their own and each other's bodies, but there is no acknowledgement of the video and the sculpture works that are such prominent part of the first half of the show. It also barely acknowledges Tan's sparse yet pulsing sound design. As the dancers build and sweep across the space, the sound does the opposite. It's a missed opportunity and quite a shame because separately every element is exquisite. It's tempting to blame the audience for not doing as they were asked and continuing to explore and move around the space while the dance occurred. Perhaps then the changing perspectives of the dancer might have been more obvious, tying in with the changing sound and visual landscapes. But there really isn't that much to explore here, and you can never predict what an audience will do. Once everyone is sitting down, this could be a performance on any blank stage. Microlandscapes is a perfect example of a collaborative work where the artists seemingly haven't done much in the way of actual collaboration. All the elements of the performance are excellent on their own. The projections and visuals are particularly arresting, and the dance is fantastic. But together, it doesn't quite make the cohesive whole that it could if all the pieces of the puzzle had fit together properly. Another hallmark for Next Wave is its propensity for taking risks. This couldn't be more evident than in Ground Control, playing in the studio space at Northcote Town Hall. A largely one-woman, queer sci-fi comedy set on a spaceship thousands of light-years away from Earth, Ground Control is a blistering and blisteringly funny take on the human psyche, long-distance relationships and violence against women. Astronaut Chris, played by creator Rachel Perks, is alone on a spaceship searching for Earth 2.0 after our original planet has become a dystopian world where women are killed on the street and no one bats an eyelid. 
After being chosen for the mission by an administrative error due to her name and number of female partners, Chris wakes from Kyra's sleep to find a black hole looming, no connection back to Earth, and only a passive-aggressive operating system called Tina to keep her company. Without any guidance from home, she is forced to make a decision. Does she fly around the black hole to Earth 2.0, knowing that this will use all of the fuel she needs to get back home? Or does she dive headfirst into the unknown abyss? As the black hole draws ever nearer, things start to get weird. And without spoiling the surprise, some pretty strange things start happening to Chris and the ship. Is it all in her imagination? Or is this singularity? The absurdity is interspersed with videos of Chris's girlfriend back home and talk show interviews giving hints as to why so many women are giving up and looking for a new home, adding urgency to an already tense situation. It may all sound a bit doom and gloom, but ground control is hilarious. Rachel Perks plays the increasingly desperate Chris to perfection. Her presence on stage never falters, even when her only companion is the pre-recorded voice of an operating system. The banter between Chris and Tina is an ongoing highlight of the show. It's worth taking a moment though to talk about the set. To put it simply, I have never seen a better set design in an independently produced theatre show. It is, quite simply, stunning. Matthew Addy and Amelia Lever-Davidson have managed to create a fully-fledged universe inside the confined walls of this spaceship, and the more technical elements are completely believable, even on an independent theatre budget. It's almost worth the price of admission alone. Thankfully though, that's not something you need to worry about. Queer sci-fi comedy is not something you get a chance to see very often, and Ground Control manages to be provocative, insightful, and hilarious. I can only imagine what Next Wave must have thought when this show was pitched to them. On paper, it could sound borderline ridiculous, but with Ground Control, it's a risk that pays off spectacularly. Next door in Northgate Town Hall's other studio space, a very different exploration of the female body and mind is taking place. The stage is set like a courtroom, with the audience on either side acting as the jury. The trial taking place is that of one Joan of Arc, who was tried and eventually burnt at the stake by the British church for the crime of heresy. The Voices of Joan of Arc, written, acted and directed by Janie Gibson, is an insight to part of the Joan of Arc story far less told than her victories on the battlefield. Joan has been captured by the British, who have put her on a politically motivated trial as retribution for their losses in the war with France. Leading the trial was Bishop Corcon, installed by the English government and played here by Daniel Han. The performance is interspersed with musical interludes performed by Zani Kolak of the Twox fame. As somebody with only a passing knowledge of the Joan of Arc mythology, I was intrigued to learn more about the treatment of a woman who played such a pivotal role in a war that was, at the time, well and truly the territory of men. It's unsurprising that the harsh interrogation by the bishop centres around her history of cross-dressing in masculine military clothes. Joan's defence relies on the voices that give this piece its name, who she believes are visions sent from God to tell her to do his bidding. Unfortunately, despite the intriguing premise, the voices of Joan of Arc just doesn't land. The writing oscillates between traditional and contemporary language, which becomes quite stilted and jarring. It's unlikely we'd hear the word slut bandied about so casually in the Middle Ages. It's not helped by the fact that the delivery from both artists is quite wooden, and the large space between their positions at either end of the room exacerbates the problem. This is such rich source material just begging to be mined, but the dialogue never delves past the base misogyny of the Middle Ages versus Joan's claims of hearing voices from God. Thankfully, Zani Kolek's musical interludes are excellent and prove to be the highlight of the show. Occasional duets with the actors backed only by candlelight give the whole thing a haunting, sombre affair fitting for the subject matter. If only the dialogue in between could be as affecting. Seeing micro-landscapes, ground control, and the voices of Joan of Arc in a row is a mammoth effort that would leave even the most seasoned theatre-goer exhausted. 
but being privy to the similarities and differences between the shows adds another layer of meaning that wouldn't be present if you were to see them all separately. All three shows deal with the female body and the agency, or lack thereof, inherently associated with being a woman at different times in history. Whether it's the present of macro landscapes, the medieval times of Joan of Arc, or 100 years into the future as in Ground Control. While all shows approach it in different ways, with varying levels of success, Next Wave has curated a thought-provoking trio of shows that are a perfect example of the power of the festival. All three shows are currently playing at Northcote Town Hall. Micro Landscapes until Sunday the 8th of May, and Ground Control and the Voices of Joan of Arc until Saturday the 14th. Check out the Next Wave website for all the details. You're listening to Art Smitten on Sin Nation.